Welcome to Sovereign Creative Pathways. Welcome to the Birthing Freedom Podcast, where we will dive deeply every week to nurture your unlimited potential. This is a podcast journey of growth and renewal as we each navigate towards living our best lives, and we continue to uncover universal themes in our brilliance and nurturing resilience in our minds, hearts, and souls as we speak with experts and incredible leaders every week. I'm your host, delighted to be here. My name is Serena Oliveira. I'm a life cycle guide, traditional doula, wisdom leader, entrepreneur, and sovereignty researcher. Life and love are simple and beautiful opportunities to embrace our everyday power and become what I call emboldened thinkers. I believe that expansion and education is the route for more joy, love, and depth and connection. And with that magic, we can find freedom from within. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Birthing Freedom Podcast with Serena Oliveira. I welcome you today to explore the interconnectedness of the forest as a beautiful place to analogize how we are connected to each other and how there's similar patterns that follow us as humans in our day-to-day as we walk around, find connection and support in community. After living off-grid for three years, I feel like trees are our greatest spiritual teachers. I understand that they can be our beloved allies, and yes, they give us the oxygen they breathe, but simply they are so free and rich and full and so abundant. And if we could look at connecting with trees as a spiritual practice, I understand that it can help us in finding a firmly rooted foundation of our own beauty, our own amazing potential to reach for the light and also to bend around obstacles and shape ourselves amidst the evolving needs and demands and traumas of our lives. Ram Das was a spiritual teacher who died in 2019, and he drew on the human tree analogy as this invitation to treat ourselves and each other on a spiritual level with this amazing spaciousness and neutrality that is akin to being a tree. He was asked one day how we can be a little less harsh in judging ourselves. He observed that, quote, part of it is observing oneself more impersonally. When you go out into the woods and you look at trees, you see all these different trees and some of them are bent and some of them are straight and some of them are evergreens, and some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you allow it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light, and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. I love this quote because it is and seemingly easier to judge and assume and have expectations on other people without knowing their full story. And 
There's so many limitations in our own amazing ecological capacity to network in community with these judgments and assumptions. And so if we go about saying you're too much like this or not enough of this, that becomes our own practice in our day-to-day where we actually take the light from other people around us. What would happen if we just appreciated ourselves for who we are and appreciated others for who they are? And I think of the beauty of the silence as I walk in the forest and how there are so many benefits in being alone and in the calm silence. And there's a vulnerability that comes with our rootedness in our own wholeness to accept ourselves for who we are. And I'm talking about what if you could feel the love of the earth holding you up and how you are never actually alone because you are completely connected to what binds you to your potential and how there's this beautiful mycelium network that is part of this undergrid of the forest that surrounds us with this web of communication and nutrition, just like as if we were a forest of trees. And so I think of my New Year's celebration where I walked in the forest with a dear friend and we embraced the darkness the darkness of the unknown as we walked in the forest quietly and how we just listened to where the cedars wanted to take us that night and we don't know what this year will bring. We don't know what today will bring even by the end of it. So there's this beautiful practice that I welcome you all to do and there's I welcome you all to take more time to be outside in the stillness And to embrace your visceral capacity to connect with your own mammalian needs every day. I'm going to go deeper into mammalian needs in birth in another episode. And I understand that we have these needs every day to feel loved and supported and witnessed and accepted for who we are. And what if we could be kindred spirits to each other as we work on ourselves and not focused on how people can be toxic around us or how we have toxic traits but that we have shadow parts we have parts of us that can be akin to shedding bark if we put our attention to those right places of where we need more nutrients where we need more light and attention how we can shed away old pathways that hinder us that hold us back and to welcome that we can give shelter to ourselves, we can give shelter to others, and how with our loved ones who are hurting and healing, and with anybody who is more vulnerable than us, we can look at it how we have a job to protect, surround, and to create a special space so that 
they can feel like they can tap into their own potential with grace and ease. Now, when it comes to providing that space, it's important to know that we have a cultural responsibility. And I love thinking of us as a collective ecosystem where we are very enmeshed with each other and everything has a ripple effect. And so when it comes to healing, I really know that that word is being thrown out around a lot and it can be vague. And so I really appreciate Gabriel Mate, who's obsessed and incredibly curious and has devoted his lifetime after surviving World War II in Hungary. He correlates the etymology of the word healing. In Hungarian, it actually translates into being more whole. The word healing also in English has its origin in Anglo-Saxon to mean wholeness. So it's marvelous to me that on an intuitive level around the world, speaking to this mycelium pulse that connects us all, we all find that there's a synonymous connection between being whole and healing. And so bringing it back to the magic of the forest and nurturing our own ecology as a culture, I wanted to quote Gabor in that he connects everything in terms of growth to the need to be vulnerable. So he says that everything in nature grows only where it's vulnerable. So a crustacean animal like a crab inside a hard shell, it can't grow. It has to mold to make itself very vulnerable to grow. A tree doesn't grow where it's hard and thick, does it? He asks. It grows where it's soft and green and vulnerable. Vulnerability is absolutely essential for growth, and for vulnerability, you have to let go of those defenses, such as being right. Oh, I just love it. It makes me want to just take off my shoes and go walk in the forest, <laughs> but there's snow on the ground. Um, because to me, being vulnerable also comes with being able to be alone and being able to be more connected with the land, not being afraid of the dark, not being afraid of the unknown in the wilderness. And so that's where there's a magic interconnection between how we connect with ourselves and the land. And there's also a connection towards our disassociation with nature. And also there's a dissociation that we have in our culture with being vulnerable. And so, ah, alas, everything is connected. And so when you look at the clear cuts, when you walk into a degraded site in the environment, you can feel it on a visceral level that it has an impact. And so we have a responsibility to reclaim what growth means to us and our sovereignty as an individual to reclaim and nurture and rekindle that connection with your own primal self, your own primal potential. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Next week, I'll be back with a special 
clip from my bestie. We hung out and I interviewed her about a month before she died of breast cancer. She passed away in November 2022 and I'll be sharing a very special clip of her connection with her experience with cancer and association in this beautiful, poetic, creative way as a somatic healer to express how there could be a correlation with the world around us. So I look forward to sharing more soon. Take care.